What's going on everybody? Alex Connor here with the Fearless Training Raw Knowledge Podcast. Welcome back my friends. This is another episode and today I have another guest and another friend, very insightful and once again sharing her experiences and her learnings. Now just quickly before we dive into a little bit more about my guest and a bit of a brief about them, Thank you for everyone again who's been tuning in to these episodes, whether that's social media via YouTube, whether that's the podcasting via iTunes, Spotify, etc. This podcast is now available on all mediums and all platforms. And once again, you can find links to all of these in the show notes below, which whatever medium you are listening to them from. Now, my guest today is Jade Weller. Jade Weller is an entrepreneur and a lawyer. She works full-time for one of the biggest accounting firms in the world doing corporate restructuring. She also owns a successful business called Jade Start, which provides business coaching to startups as they launch their business for a more solid foundation, even better growth and success. Jade is actually someone who's personally helped me in the earlier stages of my career with Fearless Training as well, and she's someone that I have had many learnings from. Now, Jay didn't really follow the traditional sort of medium to her success. She decided her path when she was 25 years old, and she began um, studying to become a lawyer. Okay, She worked in a full-time job as a paralegal, uh, as well as studying full-time, and she even competed in the IMBA uh, during her second year of university, which is something that we get into as well. Again, always talking about training, nutrition, lifestyle, respectively. And uh, she hasn't slowed down either. Uh, She works still in a full-time job and runs her company while still finding the time to coagulate and foster a uh, beautiful marriage, social life, and vitally taking care of her body, uh, mind, and soul. So we get into a few interesting topics in here. I think those of you who are a bit more business savvy, um, perhaps wanting to find a better way or pursue a passion, turn it into a business, monetize it, make money from it. There's a lot of great ideas me and Jade bounce around with this episode and probably a, a lot that you can take away from it to save yourself time and money um, and put that towards you know growing your business if it's something that you're thinking about doing too, which is something that I encourage because you know if you can find something in life that you're really passionate about and you love and you can combine those two, um, you can make a living from it. And now look, money is just a byproduct, byproduct of success. If that's the only reason why you're doing it, nine times out of 10, it's probably not gonna be sustainable in the long term for many reasons that we get into within this podcast. So listen out, take some notes if you have to, listen to it twice. And if you enjoyed it that much, share it with a friend or someone that you think would benefit. But without further ado, enjoy this latest podcast between myself and Jade Weller. Jade, welcome. Yes, thank you. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you for your time and thank you for you joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Let's start off where we always do. Mm-hmm. Let's get a bit of a background okay. about you, who you are, mm-hmm. what you do, how you got there, and perhaps a few whys as well. Whys, yeah, no worries. So I currently am working for a one of the big four banks in the city. I do corporate restructuring and insolvency work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a lawyer. I studied at Bond for three years and graduated um, 
33 years ago now. Okay. Um, I've got my own business, Jade Start Consulting, and I help startups start up and launch their business. And I'm also studying to become an accountant, so I've got quite a lot going on right now. A lot on the plate. <laughs> a lot on the plate. But it's actually been like that for quite some time. So I launched my business four years ago, and I've been working for this corporate up in the city for the past three years. And before that, I worked um, full-time as a paralegal inside a, a property development company in Surface for seven years, I think it was. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I've been studying probably for the last eight years, so I've, yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty consistent and pretty regular um, for quite some time now, so I've developed a lot of routine and a lot of good habits, so I'm not so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason, I suppose, why I am where I am now, I came from a background where I didn't have a qualification or an education past grade 10. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was feeling extremely frustrated and unmotivated. By the time I sort of hit 23, 24, I was managing a lot of different departments inside Woolworths and I knew I wasn't being used to my full capability. Right, so, so you, you were in um, retail management yeah, yeah. to a degree? Yeah, okay, yeah, fair yeah. Retail. So I was always working weekends when my friends weren't and I sort see. of my, my work came at the sacrifice of a lot of my personal life and I didn't feel as though I was getting the benefits from my work um, for that kind of sacrifice. Like I wasn't being challenged, I sure. wasn't being developed in any kind of way more than what I knew I was capable of. Yeah. And so I decided I needed change. So I started working for the paralegal uh, as a paralegal for the in-house um, property developers um, in Service Paradise, working on a massive sky rise there and fell in love with law. So, yeah. so did you need any, just to quickly interject, yeah. to be a paralegal, yeah. did you need any qualifications initially to go from the management and Woolworths to the role as a paralegal? Yeah, so I actually um, first got the job as a legal assistant, okay. which is just like an assistant, and I worked in that position for three years learned a lot of um, the skills and then I got a promotion to be a paralegal and it was around that time that I started studying to become a lawyer. So I had to actually go back to school per se, <laughs> get an OP so. qualification. So I did an advanced diploma in business, um, got my OP and then I got into law. So I started studying at uni. So, yeah. so a paralegal, is that someone who can assist assist a lawyer? Yeah, so um, you not necessarily the, the legal documents. No, no, you you do everything. You do everything. You prepare everything. You know pretty much just as much as what the lawyer does. You're their support, but you just don't have that qualification. To practice it in a court. To practice it. Or not necessarily in court, just to practice it. So you need a practicing certificate to be able to sign off on things and to be able to attach the liability to it. So I I didn't have that, so I was the support until I got that qualification. So someone really as a paralegal can, can get quite a way in terms of the knowledge, yeah. the systems, the operations as a paralegal yeah. um, before they even become a lawyer. So you can get very well prepared. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people and probably thinking of a Netflix TV show. But hey, let, while we're on that subject, for people listening, it, Let's nip that in the bud. Is it like suits? No. I mean, it's a TV show, right? It's a lot no, harder work, I'm sure. It's a lot of drama on that show. No, no. Especially not the type of work I did. That was more M&A style, mergers and acquisitions style. Right. Um, I do a lot more like property settlements, um, construction contracts, um, intellectual property, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. It's quite different. A different sector, yeah. if you like. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But equally as challenging. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine so. Because like you said, there's, I mean, for me... And to give a little context to the conversation, I think when we met and mm. how we came in contact is obviously you helped me start my business and you yeah. helped me with some of the foundationary, um, I guess, 
systems, if mm. you like. Um, you were in the paralegal role, I believe, at the time. Yeah. And we met in the gym. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Crossover. Um, what? I think I was doing a fitness comp around that time. I think you were. Or I was doing one or I just finished one. I can't remember. Possibly. Well, it yeah. was at the time where I just met Joel, from who was still working for Body Signs at the oh, time. Yes. Yeah. And... Yeah, and that's why I met you and Anna. Yeah. So I think you were, and you just you'd either just finished or you were just starting. Yeah. Starting yeah. out. How did that go, by the way? Awesome. Yeah. So I did it for different reasons to what. So I did it with a best friend of mine yes. at the time. So let's let's cover it. This yes. is important for yes. listeners. Let's, please, let's cover this. <laughs> so I was actually in uni at the time. I was working full time in surface. I was mm-hmm. going to uni. Um, I had what um, a lot of uni beginners have, which is your freshman fifteen. So when I first started. The routine changes when you first start uni while you're working and trying to balance your life outside of it as well. So I normally had a, a quite a structured gym routine and then yes. I started uni and I had to start studying after work. So your first year you kind of just dedicate yourself to your studies mm. and you obviously put on weight because you're not maintaining that exercise component of it. So mm-hmm. for me doing the fitness comp was a goal for me to get my body back and some routine back as opposed to winning when I jumped on stage. Yes. So yes. I teamed up with my best friend at the time. She had the winning goal, which is perfect for me because she pushed me to keep me accountable. Um, but I did my nutrition on my own. So I had a personal trainer who trained me at the gym and I'd show up for two or three sessions a week. Was that uh, World Gym Burley at the time? No, that was at Fitness Fest. Okay. Yeah. Right. So um, the one near, well, I guess near to where we live, Mm. Varsity. Right. Okay. And we're there. Cool. So then he just tracked my weight loss and gave me my weight program. Yeah. And then I maintained my own diet. And so I've never been a massive fan on cutting everything out completely so I maintained a lot of structure in my diet and right up until maybe um, three weeks before my comp I was having one or two cheat meals a week um, quite flexible in my diet I would eat quite rigid throughout the week so I would have a lot of veggies I'd do my meal prep on a Sunday I'd smash it out all in one day and I'd have a whole week's worth of meals sitting in the fridge and I'd easy, right? easy. easy. I'd get up in the schedule. morning, chuck all my stuff in my esky, and I would eat my food as I went throughout the day. When I'd be at work, then I'd be at uni, and then I'd come home, and then I'd have some dinner. So nice. it was very structured. I actually developed um, quite the appetite when it comes to food from it because now I'm not fussy. I will eat my leftovers cold. I don't care <laughs> how yeah. it looks or who's presented because I went for quite some time with it like that and got accustomed to it. Yeah. So. You do. You get less picky, right? Yeah. It's like it's food. You're like, it's, I'll it's eat it. It's food. I'll eat it. Don't worry about putting any more attention into it. That's and there's fine. never anything left usually. It's like you eat everything yeah. at a point. Well, yeah. um, I guess to delve a bit deep because this is really mm. important, um, mm. something that I'm a big believer of is helping females have a better understanding of nutrition how they don't have to starve themselves and how yeah. weight training is beneficial if they would like to do it and, mm. and how again it can get them the yeah. more desired results but I think there's some education I think a lot of females would understandably may be scared to eat a little bit more food or maybe yeah. scared to go into some structure so would you be able to share especially for those lift, uh, listening who may be in that position or maybe mm. are not yet there mm. um, what sort of calories you run at the highest point when maybe you're in a gaining phase and the lowest and then maybe a typical day in in the life just to give people again some idea of what you're eating what foods that they could be eating and calories yeah so i think that's quite so i think of my highest i was probably up around nearly three thousand calories a day that's good and i ate a lot i ate every every two and a half hours i start to get hungry every three hours i was 
savage. <laughs> yeah. So you were you were listening to your body. If was, you were hungry, yeah. you made sure you had something. Yeah. And, yeah, and I didn't good. eat large oh, okay. portions. I ate sort of small portions, mm-hmm. maybe like, you know, two fists worth. Um, mm-hmm. And that would do me. I would have veggies in every portion with some meat. Sure. Um, Obviously, I don't. My diet's not quite like that now, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah it would just it would it would yeah, it would just be enough to sort of fill me up, keep me going. I had my snacks. So I'd eat nuts. I'd eat some fruit, um, and I would yeah, it would start from maybe so in the morning. I'd have a shot of coffee with some coconut oil in it. And that right, would, okay. What's that? I've not tried it with coconut oil. What's that like? Because I've tried it with good. cream. Because I know that fat and coffee yeah. just. It, it's yeah, really nice, it coconut oil, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's, it's beautiful. So my personal trainer at the time told me about it. He said, try and start your morning on fats, mm. and then um, you can have you can sort of have your, your carbs throughout the day or towards the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. One it's thing I always did fat. try and do was try not to have fats and carbs together. Mm-hmm. So I was, if I was going to have something that was quite fatty, I would just not really have as many carbs with it, or mm-hmm. I would have a lot of carbs and just hardly any fats. Sure. Um, but for my body, I think it's just listening to your body. So for me, I really honed in on what made me feel good what didn't what times of day I had a lot of energy what times I didn't um, and then it's about weaving in um, exercise and exercise often when you're not feeling so energetic can be a good boost of energy yes so often in the afternoons I'd feel a slump because I'd been awake for so long so then if I was able to get in some training even if it's just a half an hour or 40 minute session I hated cardio I still do so I would often go in and smash weights and I would just alternate different body parts nice. or upper or lower or you know maybe do some hit sessions or something but all the way up to my comp I never did cardio good. per se unless it was a walk yeah <laughs> Um, and then yeah, it comes to the evening. So I kind of, and then the low point when I was getting towards the tail end of my comp prep, I was probably maybe on 12, 1300 calories at my lowest. Um, and that was having regular recharge days as well. So I wouldn't sustain that for a long period of time. So you'd have like a higher carb day or a cheat yeah. day or just yeah. something with a bit more food in it. Yeah. How often would you do that at the most, like sort of two, times a week so at the start not as maybe once a week because i was still having quite a lot of calories um and then towards the tail end two times a week just so that i kept my energy levels up i actually did water loading before my comp prep i didn't personally enjoy the experience at all Mm -hmm. i felt like i was drowning yeah every mouthful of water i had to have it was just too much for my body um (laughs) and i and did i feel as though it gave me a massive edge it, it probably did because I had a really solid six pack right before I had to eat ice cream to fill it out because the category I was going in, you weren't allowed to have a solid six pack. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. Were you in, um, was it fitness then? I was in was bikini, bikini, but I did novice fitness as well while I was there. I see, but yeah, because they don't, they don't like the girls too defined, do they? No. no. And I, I didn't, <laughs> you can make too defined. Yeah. Well, only on my stomach. I mm. had... I wasn't too defined anywhere else. I was perfect for bikini everywhere else, but yeah. my stomach was just far too shredded. So I had to eat like Soften sorbet up. ice cream and like sugary stuff a day or two before the comp just like to try and fill it out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End up like, looking better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I had I actually bought my Sophie Gullen was doing my bikini uh, my posing practice. Yes, so yes, she was giving yes. me little tips along the way as well to try and help bring me in on my stage day. And on the day, I felt amazing, and I was really happy with how I looked. Um, I didn't win, but I wasn't upset about that at all because there was some. Yeah, that wasn't why you did it. And that wasn't why I was there. Which is, I think, another important point. I'm glad you said that because just for male and female people do it for the wrong reasons and I yeah. think you know you've got to have you've got to do it for yourself first and foremost yeah. then why is that reason again yeah. for you it was um, 
to get my body back. Yeah, exactly. I'd always but, been tiny. <laughs> I put on all this weight, so I was like, I'm really uncomfortable. It's like two birds with one stone, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, which is which is great. And then, so like you said, you still enjoyed the experience, not only the journey, but leading up to it. But then you actually, your main goal was accomplished. Yeah. Right. I actually became a very mean cook on the sandwich press. At work, we had a sandwich press. Oh, the sandwich and press. I would I've, cook chicken oh. stir fries, scrambled eggs, pancakes. You can do a lot on a sandwich press. You can. Press. I think it should be a recipe book with sandwich press recipes. It's amazing how um, resourceful you get, isn't it? Yeah. In that um, time with, mm. with you know, not restrict. Well, it is restricted eating, but yeah. I think you, um, you just you make a little go a long way yeah. and then it does it, a lot of that or some of that definitely transfers into when you go back to eating more mm. food or off mm. season or whatever you may want to call it mm. and you do you become a little bit more strategic in your approach which is mm. good what were your favorite things when you had like a refeed or a cheat day was there any particular foods that you crave that you really like yeah and also did you find that you ate more obviously you had more of the cheat days towards the end but how did you control that, or did you never get to a point where your hunger was too insatiable, if you like? Where to the point where you were like, wow, I just want to eat, eat, eat. Do you know, for example, yeah. so when you got near the end, you were like, the cheat days got bigger or got longer or yeah. carried over. Yeah. I remember like, just the comp was in early May, and it was right before Easter. Mm-hmm. And I was obviously Easter is a terrible time of year to be doing any kind of comp prep, especially if you love chocolates. <laughs> I had to actually rain it in because it was going over two and a half days and I was like come on Jade pull it in <laughs> but I'm, ne- I'm not and we are in Easter at the moment well exactly. just gone but I'm not actually a massive chocolate fan so for me it's more donuts burgers pancakes oh. um, I'm more of a savoury kind of sweet savoury yeah so I, we would often go out and have burgers or a pizza or um, yeah donuts love donuts so I, I found the way I sort of controlled it was because I had a goal it was like okay this is really good but Come Monday, I was back on track again because mm. I had a goal to accomplish. Yes. Um, and I think that when you're you're contemplating, oh, is it really worth it? Do I really want to do this? I really just want to have this type of food. Yes. I had other go-to things I would make, like some low-calorie. Um, like a substitute. Substitute. Yeah. yeah, yeah which yeah. would often, and I find that once you sort of um, curb your cravings, back on track. It's really easy. You don't even really feel like it anymore. Because yeah. you have that flexibility. Yeah. Which I, um, yeah glad you mentioned once again for the viewers people watching for women again it's not about saying no i can't have that it's about saying well maybe i'll have a little bit of that mm. or maybe i'll find an alternative yeah but in experience when you say i can't eat that food you want it more exactly you've created <laughs> a boundary in a box that you didn't need yeah. to and then again it's that unhealthy relationship starts yeah. and it gets worse where like you said if you kind of you know come up with a substitute etc which actually what, what are some of those squirms. i was gonna say what, what do you what i had do you a think? packet of squirms the old squirms sitting in the glove box of the car. i loved them and so how I actually justified it to myself, which was good science. I said to myself, <laughs> my mind, Here we go, this is good science, not bad science, good, good science. science for you. We've when labeled my, this, this is a new term. <laughs> when my metabolic window was open, yeah. I, I just did a massive weight session. I would go walk out of the gym, jump into the car, open the glove box, smash my squirms. Or I'd go on the way home to IGA, get yeah. a box of those little mini donuts, and I'd nice. eat them on the way home. Nice. And I had burnt so many calories in that session that I was never worried about it being yeah. stored as fat. So, yeah. so you, you had it at a more strategic time when your body was in need of the fuel. Yeah. 
punishment, etc. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really good. And I still lost weight with it. So. There you go. But well, yeah. it worked, right? Because you were still in a deficit. Yeah. So where did you go from? Because I just, I really want to just probe around this mm-hmm. subject a little bit more because I think it's a really good one and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you doing before? Um, you started in terms of nutrition and training and how did you evolve it? So obviously you weren't happy with, excuse me, the way you were. Now, you obviously mentioned because you were more sedentary. Mm. You were more sat down, you weren't as active. Mm. Did you go from a point where when you were doing all that study and before you set this goal, like you weren't training at all or maybe it was sort of like once, twice and it was sort of sporadic training and you mm. were just sort of eating whatever. Mm. Uh, and then did it go to maybe you actually eating more and more consistently or better quality of food? And then you went and said, obviously you had the flexibility, but then you went from say, okay, I'm gonna train at least three or four days a week with, within that. Like, can you give us that um, picture of where you, where you were when you were unhappy with your physique and then yeah. what you were doing, um, obviously. What my journey was. Yeah, what yeah. your journey was. And then yeah. maybe um, another point, again, three part question, Yeah. <laughs> big one, but the transition and then we can isolate that a little bit more like after the competition because I think that is a yeah. really important transition which people get wrong and I know it's different depending on what category you're in you know yeah. the ladies who are in the figure and physique who get leaner the leaner you get the harder it is to transition out but I would like to if yeah. we can cover that so before Please. I ever decided so before actually I'll go back to before I when I was working at Woolworths I had a lot of I was lifting a lot. I would lift milk crates full of milk and like throw them around. Oh, I was so doing a lot. Really active. I was yeah. very active at work, so I never did any training outside of work. It was more like you know fishing, relaxing, doing all that kind yeah. of stuff. So but you were working long hours. You I was working long hours. Yeah. I was on my feet all the time. I was lifting heavy weights at work, so it was not an issue. Then when I transitioned to my office job, it was very different. I was sitting down every day. I uh, wasn't yes. training. Um, and I did well to keep the weight off for a while because I started, you know, doing ran just little bits and pieces with my, my now husband at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I still didn't find, uh, it's really hard when you're trying to get fit. You need to find something you enjoy doing because you need to look forward to doing it. Yes. And I hadn't found that yet. So um, I he actually got me into fitness first to start doing some weight training with him and started meeting everybody there. And I found that I actually became really excited to socialize with everybody there. And then I started to feel more confident and get into the weight side of things because it wasn't so daunting training. I know for women, they hate training in the men's area where there's yeah. men training a lot yeah. of weights. So for me, if I made friends with everybody there, because Aaron was friends with everybody there, then that, that fear is not there so anymore. It's not so intimidating. Mm. And then everybody gives you tips and they all help you. And then you start to feel a bit more empowered. So then that happened and I started to get quite fit. Um, and then I started uni, so then that had to come at a sacrifice. So again, going back to sitting down, not moving, not training, putting on weight. Um, and for your mental health, it's not very good for you. Um, so I found getting a personal trainer gave me the accountability. I had to show up, I couldn't mm-hmm. just cancel. Mm-hmm. And that's more what I paid him for, not so much the, um, knowledge. the knowledge, because I had been weight training for quite a few years in the lead up to that, so I knew how to do it. It was just more the accountability pushing me. Um, having a bit of structure. Track, having some structure, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so then in the lead up to my, I was still maybe, I was just doing a lot of weights. Um, I didn't do any cardio. Then post comp, this is the part everyone gets wrong, <laughs> and that's the reverse. So. Yes. I went and ate whatever I want for two weeks just because I could, but yeah. actually it didn't make me feel good at all. Like I felt so swollen with water weight, mm. it actually hurt. Like yeah. this is not something that people tell you that happens when you're so lean and then you eat so much sugar. The sugar needs water to be able to fill it up mm. and 
you get so swollen and it was so sore I couldn't train I had to actually start using the sauna to try and lose a lot of the water weight to try and get rid of the pain and then (laughs) I could get back into the gym again and so then that was like a lesson I was like I can't be eating like this all the time because it's just not good for me so then it can be quite dangerous as well some people do end up in hospital like and the more extreme cases etc but yeah yeah you're right so the inflammatory response is not good did you were you after you finished comp were you at a point where you were like wow I'm really you felt like really because you had a more flexible approach were you really like wow you know i want to go eight hour and just smash everything inside like dreaming about food or was it more yep you know what i've hit my goal i definitely want to treat and i've been craving x y and z yeah Um, i think it was was, where were you really like physiologically how are you feeling and versus mentally feeling good my problem was i didn't have the next goal so it was like so you had no target i had no target next and this is a good there's only twice in my life i've ever experienced it one was when i did my finished my comp and then i was like what now mm. and then the second time was when I graduated uni got admitted as a lawyer and then I was like what now because they're such long goals you work for so long like yes. for a comp you're working for you know anywhere from 12 weeks to 24 weeks maybe even longer to do a comp yes. and that's all you think about and that's your reason for every time you say no or every time you sacrifice something that's your reason and then when you get to the end of it this bizarre thing happens where you're like what am I what's the reason I'm going to say no for now mm. and so I think mentally you need to prepare yourself to have a reason after as well not just for the day because that's where you can then suffer a lot of depression you can get you know lose your way a little bit with your food and lack of exercise exactly the post-comp blues so um i found that to be very interesting and i'm quite in tune with my emotions so i noticed that that was what was going on so then i had to be like okay I need to set myself another goal. So then it was going to be to try and keep fit throughout the rest of my uni because I found that it gave me a lot of clarity. It helped with my study routine. I was um, able to go out and socialize without feeling overweight and yucky. So um, not that I could all the time, but it just made me feel more confident too. So for me, it was about getting to the end of uni. um, So you set over the goal and you re-evaluated. Yeah. So I actually switched between cooking my meals throughout the time to getting meal prep done. Right. So when I had time, I would do it myself. Coming into assignments and exam times, I'd actually buy like a food service that would deliver mm-hmm. all the meals. I think it was you foods at one stage. and Save his time. Again, yeah. just a bit of structure and accountability there yeah. and fill in the gaps. Yeah. And I, because I, by that stage, I already knew roughly, I wasn't counting my calories to a T, but I knew if I ate this, it was around this many calories. If I ate this, it was around this many calories. So I kind of knew to keep the calories quite low, but keep the portions high, like a lot of meals yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. And then that way I was- Keep yourself satiated, yeah. rather than letting the hunger build up and then yeah. you're more likely to snack and yeah. tempted by things that you, you don't like. And again, we were just talking about this before, when you gotta listen to your body, like some people said to me, you need to eat a lot of fats, um, don't eat a lot of carbs, but my body's always responded to carbs as a source of Everyone gives you different not fats. advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's about, I tried both, and I was like, I, I respond so much better if I have carbs. When so I like a higher carb rate in yeah. trait versus, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I don't, I get like shaky and I get jittery and I can't think, and sure. so for my body, I've always noticed, okay, well, if this is what works for me, I need to do yeah. this, so I think it's about listening to your body and working out how you, how you are best optimized because it's all life hacking right it is. Hacking, it so. is it is yeah yeah and it's a really important point because you know as a human being which most of us are and if you're not send us in a message look at me <laughs> <laughs> how did um, you get here <laughs> yes and please give us the answers elon musk calling you out um <laughs> 
we, we generally run better on carbohydrates, you know, yeah. from a physiological standpoint. But you're mm. right, some there are a small percentage of people who, you know, with the ketogenic approach is a little bit better and, mm. and we've got all these other strategies, but we've got the science there which is which is good and it's important you mention that because it, again it is, it's about finding your way using the science, but then also having that balance between evidence but then anecdotal like experience, yeah. like yeah. you said common sense you mm-hmm. eat something we talked about it before do i feel good no is you know is it consistently when i have that food all right remove that don't change everything at once because yeah. <laughs> you don't know yeah um and don't be too extreme but again like you said you sort of hack and customize over time yeah did you find going from you know tracking your own calories which you were doing to not tracking did you have any issues there and how did you approach that was it easy for you in terms of mental state because you'd had so much structure you didn't have a problem with going odd excuse me want to check the calories and the macronutrients to see if i'm round about where i need to be um or was it a little bit of like a step off the edge or into the unknown initially when you just went to you know what we call mindfully eating or just again being human eat when you're hungry listening to the internal cues yeah i think it depends on how much time you spend in the lead up to it when you are tracking Mm -hmm. your macros so for me i'd spent quite a few months watching what i'd been eating Mm -hmm. tracking my macros so for me i was able to make a dinner and know roughly how many calories were in it because i'd put it into my fitness pal so many times that i kind of knew a rough gauge so when i sort of stopped counting it it was i knew i was roughly between here and here every day and then i don't necessarily weigh myself I maybe weigh myself three, four times a year and mm-hmm. I track myself by looking in the mirror, by yes. clothes, how do clothes feel, how do I look in the, look when yeah. I look in the mirror, what's my muscle definition like, sure. um, the areas that I know I store fat on, am I putting weight on in those areas, am I not? Um, so for me, that's how I was able to gauge if I was having too much, too little and you tend to get a bit puffy, like for me I get puffier in certain areas if I'm putting on weight initially. So I'm able to watch those areas and go, <clears throat> okay, you know, around my face and my upper body, am I getting a bit puffy? Mm. If I am, I'm having a few too many calories. So then I would usually have a deficit day sure. where the next day I would maybe not eat until lunchtime or have an intermittent fast or I would, which would kill me because my metabolism was so high. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but it, or, or I would just scale it back and have a few less calories and by just the end of the week it decisions. balanced it out. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So you had like a subjective, objective approach Mm. because of the structure you had. It gave you the faith to go, well, I kind of know whereabouts I'm at. And again, common sense, how you feel, you're in touch with, you know, how you you look, etc. And again, I guess not being so um, focused on Mm. the measurements, like the scale weight, um, you know, exactly the calories, etc. Maybe how you look versus, you know, two weeks ago, Mm. which again is hard. Um, and again, maybe, arguably, I think just for men, you know, people say it's harder for females. A lot of men just don't admit they are very self-conscious as well. But again, we can get to that point where we're maybe weighing ourselves too much, having too many looks in the mirror from a point of, oh, I'm getting fat, or this, that, yeah. and the other, and then not being able to step away and get back to those, yeah. I guess, good relationships, nutrition, yeah. and healthy habits. So To put it into perspective, really this good. is the reason I don't weigh myself, is right now, I am one kilo heavier than I was when I was on stage. My body shape is very different because I don't train weights anywhere near as much as what I used to now. And so my body, I've got a lot of muscle memory and I've got a great muscle base. And so I'm able to keep a a physique, but I don't, I'm not lean like I was when I jumped on stage. Mm. And so that's just shows you like, you know, if you go by scales, it's not always going to be right either. So it's always, yeah, that's why I 
didn't adopt that methodology when I was seeing my progress. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's a linear approach. Yeah. You know, you're looking at it one-dimensionally rather than, yeah. like you said, it's, it can be the same weight sometimes and have a very different body composition. So yeah. what are, um, to segue into the next question, what, what are your goals at the minute um, with what you're doing? Like, what are you happy with? What have you found? I know you mentioned briefly your nutritional preferences have changed. You just mentioned to us then the way you exercise has changed. Can you talk us through those factors and how that integrates with your lifestyle now, with your yep. business, and, yep. and you know what? I guess your partner as well, Aaron, and how you yep. fluctuate that together. Yeah. So we tend to go through phases in what we like to do for training. So for ages, it would be um, you know one particular style of training, which might be alternating <coughs> body type, body weight, body parts for weight training, and then it might transition into more of you know um, an upper lower split with maybe something outside of gym. But lately I've actually been really quite bored inside the gym because I've been there for so long. So now I've actually been looking to external activities. So we do a lot of surfing and I find if I surf three, four times a week, it's quite um, an extensive workout for your upper body. Oh, it is. My arms, my back, my everything just gets a caning for that three set. And then I usually do... It gets the old uh, heart rate going as well. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I usually do that and then I'll do um, a booty exercise maybe once or twice a week um, just to keep the lower body in check. Um, My dietary preferences have changed. So I found I was getting quite sick while I was dairy intolerant um, and I was... Just it just not feeling very good. Um, meat doesn't really sit well with me either, mm-hmm. so I decided to give um, vegan a try, and my body just flourished once I became a vegan. I was so much healthier. My skin went super soft. I was so much happier mentally. My hormones are great. So for me, it was a really good choice. My husband tried it, um, and it wasn't the right choice for his body type. So now he just has cut back the amount of protein he has because I think that's another false perception. Guys think they need all this protein, but they don't. Most people are way too much or not enough. Exactly. (laughs) So he only has meat once or twice a week now, and he feels amazing from it. Um, And then in terms of how I tie that in with my busy lifestyle, so I got to Brisbane three days a week to work up there okay. I work from home two days a week so I've got a routine now where set days we'll usually get up at sunrise go for a surf for a couple of hours come back and I'll hook into some work do my client meetings do my after work client meetings my business prep all that kind of stuff so for me getting in and getting training first thing in the morning either doing um, training at the gym like with booty or sure. surfing and if I stick to that routine on a you know say for example a Tuesday Thursday and maybe a Saturday then I'm so good throughout the week so I also um, I think I mentioned to you before I found another hack for me is making sure my diet has 50% raw veggies yes so I so. feel full I'm not eating as many calories because um, it's not processed and yeah, I find if I do that, I'm losing weight often, more often than not. Yeah. I have to like a deficit. Yeah, I have to eat more. Yeah, exactly. When I went, when I first went vegan, I actually lost maybe five, six kilos um, just from yeah, yeah, still the processed crap I was eating. So, yeah. And, yeah, carbohydrates, etc. Yeah. So can you let's um, get an example then of a day in the life of your nutrition before mm-hmm. you're going, becoming vegan and a typical day now you are vegan. Like, let's yeah. can we go through meal by yeah. meal? Yeah, Because yeah. I know people watching will ask this. Yeah, uh, so for breakfast, for example. Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. Um, I struggled when I first went vegan because I always had eggs on toast. Yeah, options, right? Yeah. That, and this is, I think, another why I'm asking. 
like I know people always struggle yeah and they just want to they're interested and yeah. they might hear this and go oh that's a really, that's a really good idea and yeah. even people who are not vegan I mean you know yeah. it might just be a good option yeah exactly I know I eat vegan food so you know you eat more everyone eats more vegan than they think well, they yeah, do yeah they do I mean there's nothing wrong I, look, I just had a massive bowl of sweet potato mm. <laughs> so it's like sweet potato it. fries that's vegan exactly exactly, exactly. <laughs> no actually I, I found the breakfast transition the hardest because I would always have eggs on toast Right. With exactly. avocado. Um, or, you know, some meat or whatever, like salmon or whatever. Um, and then going vegan, I was like, oh, I <laughs> yeah. can't have eggs anymore. What yeah. am I going to have? I actually, I'm a little bit flexible with the vegan. So I went without eggs for nearly a year. Mm-hmm. And then I was realizing I wasn't having enough fats because I wasn't eating it as much avocado because they were $5 each. So yeah, I was going to say that's okay. <laughs> I was like, somebody's got to give here. Are they going to start buying a lot of avocados or are going to start eating Do you like the shepherd avocados too, the other ones? Yeah. Because, I mean, at first I didn't like them, but I almost like them more now. Yeah. They are really nice. I'm not that fussy. <laughs> side, but continue. So, um, I, yeah, so I was having eggs with avocado on toast and then I went to having um, overnight oats so I would have I'd put a cup of oats a cup of milk some turmeric powder and um, some dates and I'd chuck it in the blender Ooh. and I'd sit it in the fridge overnight and then in the morning we just let it swell with like yeah, the water yeah it just swells well. and set no water just that oh right just okay. a cup of milk cup of oats oh yeah because it's got the milk the yeah milk. and then some dates and then I'd leave that sit and then the next morning I'd put some coconut cream uh, coconut yogurt on top with some strawberries and I, I swear, I went through a phase where I had that every day for like yeah. three months, and yeah. then I got sick of it. I can imagine it's like, <laughs> it's like a cake. Yeah, it was. I have delicious. something similar. Um, yeah, it, actually, it's apart from the dairy yogurt, it's the same. Yeah. So it would all must be vegan. But yeah, yeah, I know. Even when you find something, it's great, right? Yeah. And so then I got sick of that. So I was like, what am I going to have next? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, what I was saying, I got flexible. So I started bringing eggs back into my diet. So maybe a couple of days a week, I'll have some eggs on toast. And then you find they, they sit well. Yeah, they sit well. That's not a yeah. problem. Okay, that's, that's not good. a problem. I'm a little bit OCD. So I was like, if I'm going to be vegan, I have to be proper vegan. So yeah. I was like, no, I don't yeah, need to be. So, your own up. Yeah, <laughs> so I still eat honey. I still eat eggs. And that's about it. So just no dairy, no meat. Um, cool. So you went from like eggs on toast so overnight oh it's now you integrated eggs back and then what and would your next meal oh, so then the other option I have now is I have a green smoothie so I will chop up co- uh, cucumber celery ginger turmeric kale um, frozen banana kiwi fruit for vitamin C and a lime and I would put that with some coconut water in a blender and I'd make myself a green smoothie and that was like because I like to have half raw veggies that yes. went to like maybe a quarter of my raw veggie yeah. intake yeah. and then the lunch would be the next portion of raw veggies. So yeah, I've, now I have that and I'm more than happy with it. it. Because I think it's not an overload, like such heavy carbs. It's quick on the go as it's well. It's quick on the go, it's quite light. I'm it's able quite to, nice. yeah. Keep, that keeps me going till about 11 o'clock in the morning, which is good. So what's your, do you have, do you snack in between the breakfast and the lunch? Do you have something else or does that just depend on how you're feeling? Uh, it depends on how I'm feeling. If I've done a really heavy workout, I might be pretty heavy, hungry sort of before lunch, so then I'll just have lunch early. And, usually have something quite feeling and then that'll tie me through to most of the day and then okay i'm still eating usually every sort of three hours that doesn't change but sure. it's just if i'm quite hungry i'll have a bigger portion uh, or maybe something with a bit more carbs like what, what does breaks. lunch look like lunch and dinner so lunch can be anything from uh, a wrap like mm-hmm. a, you can buy these really nice sweet potato vegan wraps from Woolies and they're really flexible I've they don't crumble they're so good so I'll usually load them up with a heap of different you know grated beetroot carrot you know veggies or whatever um, or I will make chopped up 
uh, raw veggie salad. Mm -hmm. So I'll chop up little bits of apple, um, capsicum, cucumber, corn, like, and just chuck everything in there. Some sunflower seeds. I like and it. For dressing, I'll squeeze lime with a little bit of balsamic vinegar, mm -hmm. and I'll mix that all the way through. Some Flash. kale, Flash. some cabbage. I just put everything all through. Yeah, and that's pretty filling too. So I'll have that. Um, every now and then, I might have a subway veggie sub, nice, a six-inch nice. veggie sub. Treat, treat yourself. Yeah, treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> have one today, actually. That's it. Got to do it. Yeah. Got to do it. Yeah, but that's usually that's usually lunch. Otherwise, if I'm running low on some fresh veggies, I might have like a curry or something from the night before. Right. Yep. that I've made but yeah and then dinner's usually I usually snack between then and dinner so I'll have some almonds or I'll have you know just something like sometimes I'll make like a low carb banana bread or um, or just something I don't know some apple muffins or something yeah, just have those yeah one of those or something but yeah how, how do you go with um because two questions come up in my mind, I think, for people who are more on the vegetarian, vegan side of things, or maybe people who just don't eat meat, um, is fiber, mm -hmm. having too much of it, or if you do, or mm -hmm. how do you find that has affected you? Obviously, you seem to be sitting right with it, you're not having too much. Mm -hmm. But I know people can go to OTT, mm -hmm. they can have like, you know, distended stomach, etc., and they, mm -hmm. they can always feel a bit like, not too good or toilet time is not quite I think what, what people be. get it wrong is they have too much vegan what I call vegan junk food right. which is too much processed vegan yes. food yes, like yes. that's like that also just not it's not good, good. <laughs> no it's yeah, no different yeah. than having normal processed food I think I think no matter whether you're vegan whether you're meat eater like doesn't matter you need to have a healthy amount of veggies in your diet and if mm. you don't have a healthy amount of veggies in your diet your bowels and, and everything are not going to be functioning properly and that includes having foods with fiber in it um, and I think if you're num you're somebody who naturally absorbs a lot of fiber then obviously you don't need to have a lot of foods with fiber but if you're not then you know eat more pears eat more bananas yeah. eat more foods with fiber in it so you find that sweet spot yeah and, and what about conversely protein Yep. getting enough protein in yeah um, how do you find you make up for that because obviously that like you even said with your breakfast that was a bit of a straight away oh, the eggs are not there anymore and mm. so how do you find that you top up or keep your protein at a rate or at yeah. an intake that is you know I, good for yeah. your body i have lentils um and i don't don't really eat a lot of the canned stuff because it's not it's, it's, not nice, so it's not as good i usually buy the raw lentil Stuff the dry lentils that you can get in the packet, yes. and I'll use them in curries or whatever, um, or just dinners. Yeah, they swell up, like lasagnas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, I have vegan protein powder. So Body Science do a really, really good one, and I'll often for dessert, for example, I was telling you just before, I'll make um, frozen bananas, some frozen strawberries, some vegan protein powder, some coconut water. And I'll make it till it's like a sorbet consistency almost. And then I'll have that with some cacao nibs on top and it's quite low in calories and has a protein in it. Yes, yeah. a sweet tooth. Yeah. Do you, are you someone as well? Because I know I am. Mm. I have dessert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to have uh, something. <laughs> I, well, yeah, but some people don't. And I'm like, what do you do? How? And they just have dinner and then they go bed. And for me, that's like, <laughs> I mean, I can do that. It, it's not like I have to, but. Generally, the way my nutrition pans out, I always leave some calories mm. because I don't know that's the way I've been brought up, right? And again, mm. that's a lifestyle choice. That's mm. something that's hidden in there. Um, yeah, do you do you, you obviously you find someone that you need to have that like it helps? I don't you have need to have it every day. It just depends on what I've had throughout the day. So sure. if I have something quite sweet throughout the day, I feel like tick that box for the day. Um, but if I've been super lean, super strict all day, <laughs> I'd be like, nah treat yourself That's <laughs> it's it. time for dessert yeah. so yeah and I what, think what do you do then when you really want to treat yourself like you mentioned raw desserts etc yeah. but 
say you and Aaron go out for me or like you go out on a cheat day or do, do you do that anymore? Do you ever do you go for a bender of a day or do you feel the need or is there one place or a restaurant or a certain food that you like to treat yourself with? Yeah, there's a few really good vegan restaurants. There's one in here on the Gold Coast called Greenhouse. Just around the corner. Yeah, and they have the best food. So they, they come up a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot, like even not in the vegan community. Because it's so all amazing. I've got to go. <laughs> you will love it, you will love it. <laughs> I've heard good it's things. Just t- so tasty so like that we'll often go there for dinner or we'll get pizza or um like we can get with vegan cheese on top um oh, or nice. we might make homemade pasta we got a pasta maker at home so we'll make some fresh pasta which is oh yes so good all about the pasta life <laughs> yeah. yeah all right well we'll come back to oh and donuts if i'm going to the paddock yeah how do you have they got vegan donuts no, they've got like a salted caramel one, so there's a okay. bit of dairy in there. Because I've had a vegan donut, but I've never had a good vegan donut. Yeah. And so I'd like to try a good one. I'm sure they are, they are around. Yeah. Again, not had one, etc. Because um, I think donut time used to make them. Yeah, but they're back now. New ownership, I don't know. But, yeah. For me, sometimes more, more I really want to have like that cheat meal, but it comes at the sacrifice. If I'm going to have donuts or ice cream, or I... I accept and know that within half an hour to an hour I'm going to feel yuck because I'm dairy intolerant so sometimes for me if I'm having something that's my ultimate favourite so my ultimate favourite is the caramel tarts but the, the caramel that's boiled with condensed milk like the good caramel not the caramel slice type caramel that's yeah. like a mix the of real caramel the real caramel that's it that's my ultimate ultimate so you favorite. will just I that's will a sacrifice you will make 100% if they've got the real caramel tarts there you go <laughs> and what how long, how long does it last for that you don't feel too well for the rest of the day okay usually pretty flat ugh, oh, like just sluggish no mm. energy feel quite irritable in the stomach mm. yeah so maybe a couple of times a year thing at best. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Or if I've got nothing on for the rest of the day, I'm, like, yeah, I'm just going to watch movies anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to sit down on Netflix and Netflix caramel, caramel tart, tart it. Yeah. Um, tart it <laughs> why not? Why not, right? If you're going to do it, do it right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that element, Joe. Now, um, another topic I want to talk to you about is, you've already mentioned this, <laughs> people listening will probably already put this together you lead a very busy lifestyle mm-hmm. yeah. you're be fair to say that you have more of an entre- entrepreneurial mindset mm-hmm. um, you're very driven and goal orientated it's the same with Aaron as well mm-hmm. um, your husband you guys are go-getters how do you for other people out there who lead these busy lifestyles but perhaps have not quite got their health under control mm-hmm. do you think um, from a third person perspective or what advice do you think you offer or how do you manage it together to be able to sustain the level of focus and discipline you need not only within the business realms and the more you know your um i guess professional lifestyle but also the health and fitness Mm -hmm. Um, because i feel this is something that's not really talked about that much and i would like to derive this information speaking to people like yourselves and maybe if you could share some of what's worked for you maybe some hacks Um, maybe some mistakes that you've made as well yeah and just your general knowledge or experience on the matter yeah so I've got two hacks I use one is time management mm-hmm. and the second is delegation I so think you taught me a lot about time management <laughs> actually I'll be honest with you very organized I've I will hold my hand up I've taken a big leaf out of your book in that respect <laughs> so I think when you've got so much on it have you ever heard the saying when you want something done give it to a busy person I'm not, no. Oh, it must be an Australian (laughs) saying. Is it? (laughs) Must be. But yeah, it means basically what it means is a busy person's always going to find a way to get it done because they're so efficient with the way that they're doing things. Whereas somebody. I've got the opposite experience. You can't get hold of the bleeders. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe that's why we don't have a saying in England. Uh, he's too busy, mate. Don't worry about it. No, no, this is good. Yeah, <laughs> this so is conversing. No, but the principle is So there. the principle is, you know, don't give it to a busy person. And the mm. reason being is because we know that we don't have later to do something. Mm. So if, mm. for example, I've got to have a tute done and a lecture done within the week, and I've also got, you know, 10 clients to get through and a full-time job to get through, if I've got set times to do set things, there's no, oh, I'll do it later. It's you have to get in and get it done. Yeah. yeah and the sort of yeah. tricks that I implement to, to changing your mindset to be able to get into something, because I think that can be the hardest part, is if your mind's elsewhere, you're not really wanting to do it so you don't do something well, like you're going to the gym, your mind's elsewhere, how do you get into the gym to be able to do it well? Sure. Um, or you're sitting down to do some work and you're just you're feeling exhausted, how do you get in that state of flow? So my, my tricks are that I have playlists, dedicated playlists for certain tasks. So if I'm going to the gym, then I've got more of a heavier playlist. If I'm doing some study, I've got a really upbeat classical playlist. If I'm doing some work, then I've got like, you know, a more funky playlist that's going to put me in a feel good mood. And then I always tackle the hardest thing first. Eat the and frog. I eat the frog. And that's because- I think I, I got that term from you. <laughs> maybe not the eat the frog, but definitely the-, the someone else who reminded me <laughs> of you then. I'm sure it was a, a female entrepreneur and she said eat the frog first, but anyway. Yeah. The reason oh. being is you always feel so accomplished after you've done it and it just puts you in the best frame of mind for the rest of the day because everything else seems so small and minor compared to that hard task that you didn't want to do. So that's the time management piece and then the second part is delegation and I think where a lot of people go wrong is they think they have to do everything and they don't. So being able to go, what's going to save me more time in the week? Is my time best spent doing this task or am I going to be able to spend my time somewhere else and get 10 other things done and pay someone to do that task. So for example, keeping the house clean is a pain in the ass, but it's something we all want to, we all want to live in a clean house. Yes. So if you don't have time to clean, pay somebody $50, you know, for an hour's work to come in twice a week and keep the house clean. And that $100, you can spend your time then, which would have taken you half a day doing a business or, you know, doing meal prep or doing something else. Um, The other thing is I, if, you, if I'm going through a really busy period of time, I don't cook. I will just either Aaron will cook or I, we will go buy food. Yep. So we just won't do any veggie shopping. Sure. And instead we'll spend that money going and getting food out, like finding cheap places to go and eat. Yep. Um, or I get meals delivered, either or other. Yep. So, and it's not all the time, it's just whenever I've got intense periods of time. And that's, again, delegating the cooking to somebody else. So I have, for my business, I've got people I delegate things to that need to get done. Sure. Um, my husband's quite the opposite, so he's biggest struggle is learning to delegate because he thinks the best person to do the job is him. And yeah, so, <laughs> it can relate. Maybe that's a male thing. I yeah, I, 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 yeah, quite possibly actually now you said that. A lot of my clients are the same, that are guys as well. And I think it's because they feel as though if they're going to feel accomplished, it needs to be them that does it. But when, you work, when you're an entrepreneur and you have a business, there's this shift that happens where you go from working in your business to working for your business. And that shift happens when you learn to manage. And that's manage people, manage time, manage tasks, delegate. Because you can't always be doing every, wearing every hat, doing every job in your business. You have to learn to let go of control, step out and give that to somebody else. So I think um, this whole delegation principle is so applicable in fitness, in lifestyle, in... Because imagine if you could delegate the cleaning and the cooking to somebody else 
and you have more time on a weekend for lifestyle and you could go for a surf you could start doing the things that make you happy so that mentally you've got really good mental health mm-hmm. so for me surfing if I don't surf I get quite irritable after a couple of weeks because it's a balance you it's are a balance there. I, I, I leave my phone I've got no technology on me I leave my phone at home I'm able to sit in the water and I'm only thinking about which way a wave's going to break left or right and <laughs> yeah, it's nice to it's, just simplify things exactly exactly so um, I wouldn't be able to do that if I had control of every single aspect of my life instead of to let go. Sure. I think there's some great hacks there. Mm. Definitely some that I've learned the hard way as mm. well. Maybe I've learned the hard way too. Yeah, and I think that's probably why you're at where you're at and you've developed these systems, you're aware of them because you're like, hey, well, you know, I've <laughs> maybe I've not done them and then I've done them and I've learned to do them. And yeah. again, whether or when and how you learn to do them, it doesn't really matter. It's just getting there. But hopefully people listening maybe in this situation, maybe they've not discovered that yet, they can start to maybe implement those tools. Yeah. I know music's a great one. Again, I have different playlists for different things, etc. Yeah. Uh, depending on the topics. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, outsourcing. That's something we talked about um, last catch-up, how outsourcing can help massively. And yeah. I didn't do it for a while, but I learned that by outsourcing again mm. you can mm. save yourself a lot of time especially yeah. if you're paying someone who's much better in that field that can do it in quicker time yeah. really your time is then best spent in other areas exactly yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> right hacks yes share away your other hacks um <laughs> another hack is to make sure you're having enough sleep so i find when i'm not having enough sleep i'm not as productive mm-hmm. so um, I know we, ju- we just talked off camera a little bit about when is your most optimum time of day to be able to get the most accomplished mm-hmm. so for my husband he is extremely active at night whereas I'm extremely active in the morning which I mean it's not great for our routine because as soon <laughs> yeah. as I open my eyes I'm like see like an energizer bunny right need to go and he's like uh see in a few hours i'm just gonna lay here and chill yeah, it's a bit like that <laughs> whereas at night time you know sort of 9 9 30 i'm starting to get like i'm, I'm done i need to go to bed I, yeah yeah I you're just like, get yeah. so tired and he's like raging in the office just like oh, smashing wow. out of here from he often won't come to bed i was gonna say what time do you so you go to bed about 9 30 10 yeah 9 30 10 what time does aaron go oh maybe 11 30 12 wow and you you rise at the same time no, I usually. Will, I was gonna say he'll have the to make up for the hours. Yeah, well, yeah. he he will start when I'm going up to Brisbane. I'll usually get up, get out of bed, start getting ready, and then he's like laying in bed, waking up slowly. Then yeah. and then as you're about a five, five. If I'm going to the gym, I'll get up and go to the gym and leave him in bed, and then I'll come back, get ready, and then usually jump on the leave home at about six thirty to jump on the train and go to Brisbane. Sure. Um, otherwise, if otherwise we usually now that it's getting dark. Um, earlier and the sun's coming up later we usually get up at six and go for a surf because it's usually around sunrise then so yeah um and then so that's one and then the other one is um knowing what time of day you are most focused so for me i smash out a lot of my work sort of between seven and two in the day because that's when i'm super super on the go and then that's when i'll usually have music kicking in for the rest of the day so um, like Aaron's so alert at night if I need to get through a heap of stuff I have to put a playlist on that's going to get me like yeah. super alert and active and it's I know we just talked about yeah, like yeah. a heavy metal playlist or something like that something that or an EDM playlist or something where it gets the heart rate up gets you a lot more alert 
and then I can work all night but without it I'm dead to the world so I think figuring out are you a morning person or a night person playing to your strengths mm -hmm. so leveraging what, what your strength is and, and work during those times of day whether it be doing your gym doing your business doing your study doing your work whatever it is and then making sure you get getting to bed and getting some sleep so I can't have less than sort of seven hours sleep consistently otherwise I'm no good to anybody by the end of the week. So agreed. Yeah. yeah. Sleep so vital. Yes. Some guys <laughs> listen sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but, like yeah. you said, there's times where you skim. Mm. You know, like you said, you, you find your minimums and your maximums, mm -hmm. and you find out what you can get away with on certain days, training mm. days, and then you kind of got to manage that. But yeah. sometimes I think a lot of people aren't aware. Yeah. Of how. Uh, important especially for people who are active you know if you are doing resistance training etc or any sort of mm. intensity or intense sport or mm. output if you like that when they do get good sleep and they do get good nutrition everything's in check and they feel amazing you again you don't know what you don't know it's like wow this is what it feels like to maybe be normal yeah. or again how you should feel like with lots of energy yeah. and I think that's something that's really overlooked yeah. do you have any um, evening rituals or like bedtime rituals that you do yeah. before so like you I go to bed or to get you ready in the, in the morning bed. i yeah. actually have rituals to get myself to sleep ready so um because i'm so go 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 i have certain things i like to do so that i get a good night's sleep and yeah. so one of them is i turn all the lights off around the house and we'll leave light on the office because aaron's working but turn the light off in the bedrooms and the lounge rooms in the kitchen and start to set a dark environment. I'll then have a shower right before I go to bed because it reduces your body temperature. Um, I'll often put on a Netflix comedy or something, especially if I've been, because when, you, when you're studying and working so much, it actually burns a lot of calories um, with mental power. And so to slow the brain down and get it ready to sleep so I'm not dreaming about my work, I'll put something on Netflix so that way I'm not just thinking about distract, it. Yeah. Just to distract, And it doesn't have to be anything. I love comedy. I was going to say, you love why comedies. Any, any, any recommendations while we're on the topic? What does Jade watch? <laughs> I watch a lot of comedy stuff. So like The Good Place or um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or like stand-up comedies or like comedy movies. Um, yeah, something that's like happy. And, happy, yeah, light-hearted, yeah. but easy to watch I think is the biggest key because if I have to think again my brain's not going to slow down so I like to just watch something that's easy to watch I often will not make it past half an hour and then I'll come <laughs> and turn it off yeah. but if my mind's quite active I might make it the whole way through but yeah that's that then puts me in a good frame of mind so that I have a really good sleep I did go through phases where I did that sleep app or the meditation app yeah, before yeah, bed like a calm I yeah. think one and there's a few others but how did you find that I loved it too that worked just as well um, I just find sometimes I like to feel like I have a bit of me time and sometimes watching a movie it feels like you're having me time whereas it's like a choice <laughs> it's like a choice yeah whereas meditation before bed can sometimes feel like it's a routine and not so much a choice like a mm. relaxation thing if that yeah. makes sense yeah. Yeah. Um, which is odd to say because meditation is a choice but it's it feels a lot more structured as opposed yeah. to it can feel like a chore until yeah. you get really good at it and even then I mean, it's arguable because you could say, well, it is enjoyable, but I think it just gets, you have to invest so much time before it becomes enjoyable, yeah. where for most people... I think there are days where you on. feel like it, and there are days where you don't. So, uh, the days I don't, I watch Netflix, the days I do, I'll put calm on, so, yeah. 
Um, I find they're sort of all my hacks that I, I do and sure. it keeps me in check and you can tell when I'm out of routine because I'm just mentally a lot more drained, I'm not as happy and um, I'm known around the office as being the extremely positive and happy one so whenever something's off everyone notices and they're all like what's going on and be like oh I haven't had enough sleep or yeah. oh, I haven't Because I don't think I've ever seen you really like... Um, down or negative or angry that's something i never really i'm not that we spend every waking moment together but over the the period that i've known you you're very consistent i've got to say which is good it's a good sign of someone with yeah Yeah. routine and structure right yeah exactly and it's usually around the exam times or assignment times when i'm not getting enough sleep and i've got to invest more hours that i start to get never angry or upset but it's more um I start to get a lot more drained, so like the output of energy, because I'm always putting out so much, starts to slow down, so then I can appear a lot more flat. That's because I'm going into self-preservation mode, as opposed to giving all the time, giving of my energy. And I don't like that, so I always try and make sure I keep some structure, because you know I like to make sure the interactions I have with people are always positive and upbeat. So. Yeah, sort of you putting your best foot forward. Yeah, exactly. Or, or giving yourself, the, I guess, the best chance to succeed, right? Exactly. To degree. Yeah. Okay, then here's a question for you, Jade. If you mm-hmm. could go back and speak to your younger self, let's say you could speak to yourself when you were at Woolworths, mm-hmm. when you were still there before you'd made that transition into the paralegal realms, etc. If you could just go back and speak to yourself then for five minutes, mm-hmm. what were the main things, apart from the obvious, inventing Apple and all that, <laughs> <laughs> what, what are the main things that you would say to yourself or the key points to perhaps fast forward your progress to where you are now or put yourself in better stead? Yep. I think one of them would be always listen to your intuition and your body and try and put some thought into what your goals are, where you want to go. because. I spent a lot of my 20s drifting and not really knowing what I was trying to accomplish, what my goals are. And I'm not saying you need to be so rigid and structured that you know what every waking moment of your day, week, your life's gonna be. But it's more, it's more, so I love to travel and I wanna travel so much. So it would be like, okay, Jay, you love to travel. So what you need to do between, for now and the rest of your life is, put plans in place that are going to support that passion of yours. So set your business up, give yourself the flexibility, go on holidays regularly, um, do things that are going to make you feel alive, like go surfing, you know, skateboarding, train with friends. Try to make sure that the passion and the spark stays in everything that you do. Don't do something for so long that you get bored with it without exploring what's the next thing I can do to keep the passion and spark alive. Um, And I've, I've been, ever since I sort of cottoned on to all of this in my late 20s, I've been very consistent with doing it and I'm, I'm, I just wish I had have done that from a young age because I would have accomplished so much more throughout my 20s as opposed to hitting my mid to late 20s and then starting to accomplish all this stuff that yeah. is amazing and, and I wish I had more time that I had accomplished it for. So. Hindsight is a yeah. great thing. Yeah. yeah. I can completely relate. But I think that's good because perhaps for people who can take that on board mm. and acknowledge that. And again, there's no right or wrong like you said. It's Sometimes it, you know, better late than never, right? You mm. figure out what works for you, and you have to go through these experiences sometimes to get to, you know, where you want to be, or maybe to get that clarity. I think one more thing I forgot to mention is go that um, breaking molds is an extremely passionate um, subject of mine because I've broken so many molds in my life, in my family, in my environment, in everything to sort of create a life that I want and create a life that I'm proud of. 
And I think that when you are preliminary to that phase, you tend to think certain things are impossible. Yes. And I remember when I was at Woolies, I thought certain things were impossible because I didn't have an education and I didn't come from a family where, you know, anybody had done that. And so it's sort of like, oh no, that's only for people who have had a certain upbringing or a certain environment or certain support. And I think that um, if I was to, to tell anybody else or myself, it would be nothing's off the table. Literally, you can accomplish anything in this world. If you want to be a DJ in Tomorrowland, absolutely you can be. It's going to take a lot of hard work, but absolutely you can be. If you want to be a doctor, go for it. You can do it. Like, there is nobody who's not smart enough to do it. There, you're going to have more obstacles than others, but it doesn't mean you can't accomplish it. You just need to apply yourself in a different way. So yeah. nothing is off the table. And I think that when you start to have that mentality that, okay, well, if, if nothing's off the table, what is it that I want to do? Then that's when the magic starts to happen. Because then you have options. Yeah, whether it be with your fitness, with your lifestyle, with your business, with your health, it doesn't really matter. And it's funny, I went out to dinner last week with a friend of mine and he's very successful and has, um, I think, 18 businesses. Like, he's got a lot. Um, he's on a board of 18 different businesses. Wow. And he said to me, when you start to get to a point where success is there it's easy it's you know it's normal like you're talking with millionaires and billionaires so your problems are millionaire and billionaire problems like how yeah, do I minimize tax right? and like <laughs> yes. or, or how do I invest invest my money he said the thing that starts to become a focus is your health mm. so you'll see a lot of millionaires and billionaires investing in you know cryo chambers and, and other things to try and preserve their health because they've hacked success so now they want to live longer too enjoy that success so I I think that's interesting from that point of view as well that you know we take our health for granted before we achieve success but well it should be a continuum I think yeah that's like it's like a given isn't it's like we breathe oxygen we need it yeah we should always invest in our health because it's always going to aid us and like you said I think sometimes I just want to sacrifice a really good point um, with some people that are very successful you know they've almost burned themselves out Mm because maybe they didn't work smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have those hacks. And then, like you said, they got to a point now where they've got all this money and wealth and time, but their time is actually limited by the very thing that is now the most valuable. So yeah. again, it's like a full circle, yeah. which, yeah, I'm sure we could, we could talk a lot about that, actually. But you really shook a chord with me about that last point. I couldn't agree more about the mindset, mm. about you know, there is nothing off the table. You know, impossible is nothing. Exactly. Yeah, anything is achievable if, like you said correctly, you're going to put the work in. It's not as easy as saying, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm just going, it's going to happen. No, you have to take action and there's a process to it. Yeah. But like you said, if you've got that mindset, then it does open up the possibility to go, well, if that is the case, which it is, and people live in a box, but there is no box, sky's the limit. What, what do you want to do? Like, what would, what is the one thing that you would do? And yeah. That's how everyone should approach life. But as you said, I was there as well. You have these preconceived ideas and you think, you know, I'm, I'm, this is how it was born and I'll always be this or I'll always have that. And yeah. some people are just born this way and that way. But then you realize again, keyword, breaking the mold, that that is not actually the case. Yeah. And I think everyone should realize that. And if we can inspire people to realize that, we live in a more creative world again. And we've got these amazing people around us, these pioneers that innovate. Yeah. You know, and it is important to find something that you're passionate about and that you love and do it because that's a life worth living, right? Even if you yeah. had a go, yeah. you can look back and go, I found what I loved, 
and at least I did it yeah. for as long as I could. We but I take, we can't take money to the grave. Well, but no. We can look back on our memories that flash before our eyes right before we die. So that's it. That's it. And yeah. but I do believe if you do find a thing that you love, success will come. Yep, that's I agree. the thing I've learned the yep. hard way. Like you floating through most of my twenties to the point where when you do something you love and you've got at the, the success and the money is just a byproduct of that you yeah. don't think about that so much anymore of course it's a key yeah. element you track the measurables but it's because you're leading with value instead of trying to make money yes because you love it so you just want to do it anyway so you're leading with value yeah yeah and I think that's a, that's a great point that uh, people can take away. And if they take away one thing from that podcast, <laughs> that would be one of the main points. Lead with value. Yes, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into some rapid-fire questions. Okay. These ones are a bit of fun to a degree. Light-hearted, some of them are heavy-hearted as well. Okay. But they are designed to just provoke a response, yeah. um, one that is authentic. So don't dwell on it mm-hmm. too long. Mm-hmm. Just hit it. Okay. And answer it as you, as you would, I guess, okay. or how you feel best. So, first one is, if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? I would fly. Because I, ever since I was a little kid, I used to dream of being able to fly. And I think being able to not be limited by geographical boundaries and being able to explore and see every single corner of this amazing world that we live in would just fill my soul with so much joy there's mm. so much beauty out there to see and I just hate that I have to physically get from point A to point B yeah. Yeah, where these <laughs> so, birds just they could just go aerodynamics yeah. <laughs> the other one would be to be able to breathe underwater oh yes I've dreamt about doing that before too right mm. and I think because that we, would be cool that would be really you would cool never, you, eye, you need the eyesight for it as well when you, you want the, the better eyesight so you can really get the clarity yeah. of the the visuals especially when you go down deep right there's so much underwater that we haven't even explored yet yeah well, i don't know what the ratio is but it's like a third of the world that is still untouched is beneath us and yeah. everyone's going above and beyond but it's sometimes the answers are right here yeah that would be a good one so yeah I, i'd want to go above to be able to explore everywhere and see everything that this beautiful world has naturally and then go underneath and be able to see everything come water too. There you go. You can see he was like a Wonder Woman figure. No, <laughs> it's not about Wonder Woman. Wouldn't be kicking everyone's ass. Yeah, yeah. Use your plug. No, I'm not saying anyway. I'm actually exploring. I'm just going travelling. <laughs> Get out there. It's a beautiful sight behind you. Exactly, exactly. I'll save you later. Yeah. Um, what about, okay, the next question is, if you could, would you choose to live forever? No. Why not? Because... If you lived forever, I feel as though it would almost become a curse mm-hmm. because if I was the only one living forever, I would be forever saying goodbye to people. And it would almost be like you would feel as though once you've seen everything, you've done everything, unless there were other galaxies and worlds you could explore, like I think it would be a curse because eventually it would become too much pain in your life being able to having to constantly develop new relationships say goodbye to people develop new relationships say goodbye to people and not know and not knowing that there's an end in sight for you yourself i think as humans we are born knowing one thing and one thing only and that is that we're going to die so it makes everything that we do between the day that we're born and the day that we die meaningful because we know for a certain that we're going to die one day so we're trying to make choices that are going to result in us having no regrets and fond memories. But if you take away that certainty of knowing you're going to die, what's the purpose? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does raise some interesting thoughts, isn't it? Yeah. Because it would almost people would argue that living forever is better. 
But then when you really think about it, it would just be worse. It would just be as worse, if yeah. not worse. Exactly. Because there would, you would never be able to finish no. anything. No. And at first it would be good for maybe oh, the first thousand years, yeah. say, give yeah. or take, if you've got... And once you've done things. everything and you're kind of like, well, what now? Like now it's just my life on repeat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then maybe that would be more agonizing. But yeah, yeah. I always find that's an interesting question. Hence why I always ask my guests because I find um, it's interesting to get other people's perspective on it as well. Yeah. I, I had thought about it before when I used to watch those vampire movies. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. And that's how I kind but of. At least they've gotten out, thought. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Staying through the heart, or depending what type of vampire you're. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, my life rapid fire question is: mm-hmm. um, If you had to have, or you could only eat one food group for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. what would it be? Uh, and you can pick like savory and sweet, dinner and dessert, or you can pick two main food groups. Like, and it can be a meal. It doesn't have to be one food on its own. Like, it doesn't have to be bananas. Fruit and veggies? Or do I have to pick a fruit? Specifically. Oh. Yeah. um, So, like, if it's fruit and veg, what fruit? What vegetable? Because that's good. Because that's, like, sweet and savory. Oh. That's tough. Um, That's so tough. I said that's tougher than the dying question. <laughs> it is because I have so much variety. I mm. can't think of just eating one. Thing. What about what about if I reframed it like this? And if you had one last meal, what would it be? Yeah, oh you could only have one. You could you like not like you were gonna die, but you you could only eat one more time, and then you you we'd they change the technology. You didn't have to eat ever again. What would your last meal be? Do you know I'm a simple kind of gal. There are two meals that are my all-time favorites. One is chips with chicken salt on a fresh white sandwich. What? No, that's that's like a British thing, a chip. Oh, a chip sandwich a with a chi- barbecue sauce Jesus, on top. that's so British. Yum. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that apart from like a Brit come with I did not expect that. Touche. That's what we call a chip butty. <laughs> Woo! That is like... <laughs> That is simple. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then the second thing is I love baked bean and cheese jaffle sandwiches. A a jaffle. It's where you get two pieces of bread. You put your baked beans and your cheese inside of it, and it's like a toasted sandwich. But they're not flattened. They have like the hollow, and you stick the bread inside of it, and then the piece of bread that goes on top is curved on top and kind of squishes it with like this imprint. From the jaffle maker. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, the ones where like I when you eat it, it's, yeah, I love those. Yeah, they're my favourite. And cheese. then they're really hot, yeah. and like, you can, you want to eat them, but because oh, yeah. it keeps all the heat. Yes, my friend's that, dad that, used to make those, and they were the best. Now that I'm vegan, though, I'm extremely curious to try jackfruit and vegan cheese. Mm, the jackfruit. Because I really like the braised steak as well and cheese. Mm. But yeah, I reckon the jackfruit and cheese would be good as well. Definitely. Yeah. See, food always is a good topic. Yeah, yeah. Always a good topic. There's some good picks. I yeah. like it. I've actually got a jaffle maker then. A oh, sandwich. Yeah. yeah. I bought one from Aldi. It's $10. I was like, I'm having that. Drink compress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because it, but it's got to be like you said, you got the sandwich pressed, but then the one that seals, like, even though it's much more yeah. effort, yeah. and you can't get much in it, yeah. I just feel there is something. It's very uh, satisfying. Yes. Especially when you break it in half, and then you get two halves that are yeah, it's so. Well, good. I I chatted to. Uh, I got a question for you after that. Just a, a side topic. Go for it. A side topic was. Uh, I, was, I was telling her about it and she was someone else who was like yes I really love them and then she's like you've got to try and she gave me like three recipes because she says you can make like dessert like it doesn't matter so she gave me this one with like banana and Nutella and it was like banoffee pie in there with like it was so good I'll have to get a recipe oh, off her so it's delicious yeah yeah. I do love banoffee pie there is some good ones but yeah fire your question my question for you is one. 
If you were Just given out of the way the song. <laughs> you're given a tiny teddy, what do you eat first? A, 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 what? a tiny teddy. The, 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 the tiny teddy. The little tiny teddy bears with the head and the ears and the arms and the legs right. and the body. I have only had a few of them and that was in New Zealand. Did you eat all of it or did you nibble off certain? I am greedy, so I threw one or two in at a time. <laughs> thing here in Australia where we nibble on certain parts. Some yeah. people are feet first, some people really? are arms first, some people are ears first, some people are head first. Uh, I'd probably take the head. You'd probably take the head? I'd probably the take the head. Part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know because I think, no, I did. The first time I had one, I just threw it in because I was more focused on that someone said, try this because yeah. I was from England. Yeah. So I wasn't really, I was like, oh yeah, biscuit. Yeah, it was nice. And then they did all the, they did the flavors, right? Like some yeah. of them chocolate chips. Yeah. I think some had icing. Yeah, honeycomb. So if something had icing, I would go for the icing bit first. And I would probably, like for example, say it's a biscuit with icing, I would suck the icing off first. Yeah. Or like if there's a chocolate, eat the chocolate and then yeah. leave the weight. Like, yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably I'm take a feet first. You're a feet first? I nibble on the feet first so and the ears. So what does this mean? <laughs> is, there a, is there like a meaning if you're no, a feet no, first, no. head first, no? No. It was funny, yeah. we were at a cafe yesterday morning having breakfast with some friends and we had our coffees come out and there was a little tiny teddy on the spoon. I was nibbling on the feet first. I look over and Aaron's like, the feet are missing off my tiny teddy. They came out with no feet on it. And I was like, imagine someone out in the kitchen just nibbling all the feet off the tiny teddy. I was just going to say, they've got someone out there who's got the, uh, feet the tiny teddy fetish. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, there's another one. There's another one. Couldn't help themselves. He didn't eat the tiny teddy. No, just in case. They're fine marks in it. We'll never know where the other half went. No, exactly. Uh, the little things you do. The little things you do. Um... All right, so my last question is a bit more of a serious one. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the question that I finish off the podcast with. Mm-hmm. I ask all my guests this because it's something that's close to my heart and it usually derives some of the best knowledge mm-hmm. for the viewers. Um, and it's also good to hear as well from my perspective. So I want you to identify one main fear that you've had in your life, mm-hmm. be anything, and I want you to talk us through what that fear was mm-hmm how you overcame it, if you did mm-hmm. overcome it, and what were the benefits yep. of overcoming that fear? Yep. So I'm extremely petrified of heights, have not overcome it, so I won't talk about it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> the other fear I have is I'm actually so petrified of heights to the point where if I go into a sky-rise balcony, um, I have to go out on my own because I don't trust that somebody won't knock me and push me. Like I'm. And I won't go all the way yeah. to the edge. I'm yeah. so scared of heights. Uh, how how high though does this occur? Because like for example, say we were on um, that like a, just a condo. Like say we had a, like, like if two... we were on your roof here. Yeah. I would be comfortable in the middle area, but I wouldn't come near the edge. Oh, so even that's high enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So even um, a two-story house with yeah. a balcony would be a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Unless I lived there and I was familiar with it, and I was like sure. in an environment I was comfortable, and knew the balcony wasn't going to collapse, and I wasn't going to fall on the ground or something like that. But mm. Yeah, and from new, new environments and petrified heights. But the other fear is fear of success, and I think this one's probably more relevant to your you and your listeners as well. Yeah, because yeah. Fear of success is a good. One. I think that everybody forgets that you can actually have fear of success because everybody ultimately wants success, and everyone's striving to achieve success, whether it be to win a fitness comp or achieve the body that they want or do really well at work, get a promotion or launch a business that absolutely kills it and they make millions. Everybody wants it. But when you get to a point where you achieve success, a lot of people self-sabotage, myself included. And it's because you're so comfortable in a space where you haven't achieved it yet that you know what to do. You know the process, you know how to build, you know how to get yourself out of a situation. When you are standing in in success's shoes and you're finally 
achieving that goal or you're walking on that stage or you're, um, you're getting down to that goal weight, it's almost like what's next? You're stepping into a realm that you haven't planned for, you haven't prepared for, You don't because you don't know what it's going to entail, you don't know what to do next. So a lot of people, myself included, will sabotage myself to put myself back to a point where I know how to, to do something moving right. forward. I know how to rebuild, I know how to plan, I know how to execute. So I've actually implemented a lot of strategies now to overcome that fear of success by visualizing it. What does success look like? So if I'm working on having a really successful business um, through a particular product launch going really well, what does that product launch going really well look like? What do I feel about? How do I feel about it? What do I do with the money? What? Um, whose lives am I impacting? What? Um, how is that impacting my life going forward? And I think once you think and you visualize it so much, it's not scary, it's not unknown, it's not unfamiliar, and you almost feel comfortable in that space that when you do get there, it's not an unknown feeling and you're already planning for the next thing. Mm. And it's not to be mistaken with not being in the moment. I think you definitely need to still be in the moment, but by enabling yourself to visualize and experience something before it happens, like winning your, your comp, a lot of people will get up on stage and they might freeze and freak out and they don't do their posing moves because they don't know what it, you know, they're scared of, you know, winning or, or what yeah, yeah, people yeah, judging them. Sure. Or, and, or, and so they kind of self-sabotage themselves by not doing it. But if you visualize yourself getting up there, absolutely nailing those moves, um, the judge is giving you that award and you embrace all of that feeling before it happens. When it does happen, you're almost ready to enjoy the moment because it's not so unknown. Or shocked. Yeah. Or shocked, yeah. So that's how I've over... And I've actually got a friend of mine, she's got a company where they help people find their purpose and she's a clinical psychologist she asked me the same question you asked me and there when I go. told her that response she said that's actually what she teaches people to do in the job there you go. so to say that's a very unique response I've never even not just on the podcast because it's a question I've asked of sorts over yeah. the years being a curious so I've never had a response like that that's really good yeah really good um and it's been it, through trial and error I'm yeah. like, i've done the wrong thing i've sort of self-sabotaged taken three steps backwards and got and then I'm, I'm very much an analyzer i will think and analyze myself what i do other, oh, you know, yeah. what happens around me yeah too I'm, much right exactly and i'll critically analyze well why did i take those steps back what am i really scared of and is it, it and then i come down to the fact that I, it's because i'm comfortable in this space and i'm not comfortable in this space like in the success space so i need to to have a plan, okay, so how am I going to get comfortable? And so it works, it's a really powerful tool. Yeah, no, I don't know, and thank you for highlighting it, because mm. it's not a, even though the end result and the result of it may be common, mm. identifying the root cause of it, mm. um, or maybe aiming to put a label on it and, and recognize it is something that is very seldom, mm. very seldom mentioned. So that's a really, that's a really good takeaway, yeah. I think, Jade. So thank you for sharing that one. Um, I think. It doesn't work with fear of heights, though. No, no. <laughs> I even tried jumping out of a plane, and I'm still petrified. Yeah, so you, you skydive. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, really? Yes, it's That's so bizarre. Strange. And do you know why? Because it, the ground is so far down, it doesn't seem real. Maybe, okay, so I... I make a bungee jump. I love... This might be the same thing with me, right? Because... And it could be a control thing, because... When I, I, I love, I love going fast. For those who know, I've had a background in motor racing. I love speed and extreme stuff. But roller coasters, I've been on them. I enjoy them. 
but I don't really like them. Is it because they're so dodgy you're worried about Well, breaking? I think that is now because, to be honest, quite frankly, I'm glad I've not been on because there seem to be a lot breaking, but I, do, I, don't, I don't like them. People are like, but Alex, you look going fast. This is a roller coaster. Yeah. But you know what it is? It's, I'm not in control. <clears throat> yeah. When I'm going 100, 200, whatever it is, Ks, miles an hour in the cars and the bikes or whatever it is, it's, I'm in control. Even I know it's like if I come off, I can kill myself, but I'm in control of it. And if you come off, it's your fault. Yeah. Well, like maybe you said on the balcony, you go out yourself. Yeah. But that's because you're in control. Where if there's someone there, you're out of you. You know what I mean? So maybe maybe that's got something to do with it. But then the skydiving thing, maybe you thought, well, I'm not in control, but I am in control because it's a standardized procedure, and they're going to pull the shoot. I think for me it was just because I looked down and I I was I did a tandem one where I was in front of somebody else and they sort of push you to the edge of the plane and you just your feet are dangling and you're just looking down and people are going like they get like this tingling feeling and then oh yeah because you're like apprehending the do you get that like falling feeling yes I want to do it I want to do it it's the best thing ever and then he just pushes you out and you're just like oh it's amazing and so then you just the the side I did it in New Zealand and I did it in the middle of winter and there was it was so cold but I just had like uh, boots on and a big jumpsuit and anyway they when I did it you fell through so above the cloud cover was the mountain peaks and it was full of snow and then you fall through the cloud cover and it was just green gullies and it was just wow I couldn't look enough Queenstown uh, just outside of Queenstown yeah couldn't look enough I was just staring at everything like this is what I said about flying like there's so much to see I was just so mesmerized that I wasn't concerned about going splat on the ground so and I figured if I did I was going to die anyway so it was such a high yeah, yeah, so yeah. Up, It'd be so over so fast. It'd be over like that. It was not like I'd be in pain. So yeah, I just exactly. was enjoying every single moment of it. That's so, brilliant. Yeah. But then my cousin went and did bungee jumping and she's like, come do that. And I was like, uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, see, I'm like that too. Like, I'm, I'm keen to jump out of a plane, no issue. But to bungee jump? No. <laughs> just because it's... And you're going up and down yes. and you actually look, feel like, well, you do. You can touch the water or you can hit the ground. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, Definitely skydiving seems to be the better way to do it. Yes. Yeah, the better way to do it. So, yeah. I actually recorded my experience. I was going to say, did you? Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. I did it just before I met Aaron. Actually, met Aaron a week before I went. And then I did it and I came back and I showed him and he's just like, this is hilarious. The look on your face. I was going to say, that's not something that you would have thought someone with a fear of heights would have done. No. But again, you need to do these things. Push yourself out. It comes up. Did, um, I always ask this as well, people who skydive, do you think that was a bit of a, did it feel like kind of flying? Was that something? Yeah. yeah. He was like, okay, I'm going to pull the chute now. I was like, can we go a bit longer? Like, <laughs> well. He's like, he's like, no, no, I need to pull the chute. I'm like, ah, okay, if you must. Because <laughs> apparently you go so fast. You do. And yeah. your cheeks are like, it's like the G-force in your cheeks is amazing. Yeah. And it does. You feel like you're flying. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. So you're like, let's do that again. Yeah, let's do, can we do it again? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why most people like to go up and down. The people get addicted to it, right? And yeah. Because it's, it's over so fast. And yeah. you want that, the more, what do they call it, flight time or yeah. drop time or that you can get is, is the best yeah. sort of thing. But yeah, such an amazing When I was a kid, experience. I used to dream about flying. And I used to dream that I would run on the ground and then I would just jump up and push and then I glide along the ground and then I go up. I did some research into it and some people reckon that a lot of like the dreaming sequence is related to like astro traveling or something where your spirit can go in and do that like go off and fly and do that kind of stuff and I've always been like that would be amazing to do. Yeah that that was I must admit Mm. always been on top of my list. Yeah. Fly. Superman. Yeah. Superpower. Just any sort of gliding or yeah. you know and yeah. then you often try and rationalise in your own mind could, could the physics could we do yeah. <laughs> could I just just 
<laughs> you know, you jump and yeah, there's little things, but and maybe that's the inner child in us, but you know, uh, maybe one day, I don't yeah. know. Uh, that's I suppose everybody science. wants to, that's why kids jump off roofs, right? <laughs> that's why I climb trees. Yeah. Still try to jump out of them. So, yeah. yeah, definitely, I think we need to keep that ambition alive, right? Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Jade, thank you for your time. No worries. Thank Thanks you for, for sharing me. your experiences. Much appreciated. Um, where can people find mm-hmm. you if they want to learn more about you or perhaps they want to, you know, find out more about your business endeavors or how you can help them with their own yeah. business endeavors? Yeah. So I've got a couple of different platforms. If you're an existing business, um, whether it be small or large, and you're looking to do some restructuring, um, maybe um, do some improvements within your business, find some more working capital cash flow, or looking to expand, then I work at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Mm-hmm. So you can um, get in touch with me there on LinkedIn. Um, the other option is if you're launching a business, have a business idea, have recently launched a business, um, and you're sort of wanting to have a bit of a diagnostic and know whether you've set it up properly, you've got the right foundations and structure for growth. Um, Jade Start is my business that I have outside of work. Um, and I have a lot of online courses that I'm doing at the moment. I've built two and I've just got my third one to finish off, which will be done by Easter. And it's, it's exciting. Designed, yes. So it's designed to take everybody from as far back as I want to come up with a business idea right the way through to I've got an idea I need to know who my primary market's going to be and if there is a market right the way through to setting it all up launching it post-launch um, all the resources contacts templates plans everything you need to sort of do that process um, so that's Jade Start fantastic yeah. fantastic I will put all those links as well in the mm-hmm. show notes below for those of you watching the video or listening to it on iTunes or YouTube, whatever you may be. Yeah. Jay, thank you once again. Perhaps we'll have to do a round two at some point. Yes. We'll touch base and see how everything's going business-wise and perhaps we Would can love to. delve more into those <laughs> biohacks or yes. whatever else uh, we, we come up with yes, um, between now and then. Um, thank you again. Appreciate it. As always, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you've not already, give it a like and subscribe for more on iTunes. And if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe as well for more updates and more podcasts where we talk everything nutrition, training, and lifestyle. And as always, guys, until the next episode, stay fearless.